What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You have a one-year-old and a four-year-old. That's another thing she sacrificed and gave you. I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that, King. She never wanted to have a kid. She had two. Understand that. And her worst nightmare came right before and now she's, she's going to be a single mother of two. You got to understand that. You got to be able to cover that. You cannot walk in selfishness anymore. King, I'm talking to you. You got to get to the place in your mind where you say, you know what, man? Yes, I was selfish. Yes, I was uh, I suffered uh, from abandonment, but I will not abandon my kids that I will step up and get to a level with my kids where they see me as a father. Yes, I failed as a husband, but I will never fail them as a father. But one of the things you have to be empathetic towards is that now you've left the woman that's the single mother of two. A single mother of two, that's a lot to carry. We put porn to shame. <laughs> the womb isn't just about where I give Talk birth to Talk about babies. it. The Talk. The womb is about where we give birth to perfect. Talk. I was basically all of her nevers. I never imagined my journey would inspire people. You have a one-year-old and a four-year-old. That's another thing she sacrificed and gave you. I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that, King. She never wanted to have a kid. She had two. Understand that. And her worst nightmare came right before her. Now she's, she's going to be a single mother of two. You got to understand that. You got to be able to cover that. You cannot walk in selfishness anymore. King, I'm talking to you. You got to get to the place in your mind where you say, you know what, man? Yes, I was selfish. Yes, I was uh, I suffered uh, from abandonment, but I will not abandon my kids that I will step up and get to a level with my kids where they see me as a father. Yes, I failed as a husband, but I will never fail them as a father. But one of the things you have to be empathetic towards is that now you've left the woman that's the single mother of two. A single mother of two. That's a lot to carry. We put porn to shame. <laughs> isn't just about where I give Talk birth to about babies. It. Talk. The womb is about where we give birth to perfect. Talk. I was basically all of her nevers. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. You have set a standard in love. I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. Wow. This woman is a ride or die. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. I had 19 attorneys at one time that were speaking into my ear. 19, 19 attorneys. attorneys. My, my, my last relationship, you know, it did a number on me. What you did not know is I had a whole little situation lined up that evening. Your transparency is literally setting people free. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Um, thank you. I received that. Let one of them Barbie doll bodies walk over here. You gonna say, dear future wifey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're gonna go right in that box. 
I'm Latarius R. Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. On the Dear Future Wifey Podcast, we provide a safe space for our guests. It is my hope that that safe space extends to all our social media platforms. So please refrain from leaving negative comments. This episode may be triggering. Comments that I find to be negative and destructive to my guests will be deleted. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Latera Sarwinfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, let's make a commitment and hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. And those that are watching us on Apple Podcasts or Google, Google Podcasts or Spotify or any streaming platform, make sure if they allow you to rate this episode, then go ahead and rate the episode and subscribe. Share it, man. I've been feeling the love and support. Uh, that you guys have been showing. Several of our videos have gone viral uh, in the month of July, and God has been truly expanding this platform. Well, today's episode is going to be a little different. This episode gives me a little angst because of the subject matter that we're going to be talking about. It really hits home for me. Um, This couple, you know what? I'm not going to set it up. We're just going to unpack this episode as we go along. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast, The Macintosh. How y'all doing? Good. Y'all good? Doing? Nah, I don't know. Prevalia, Prevalia, <laughs> I need you to yet be holding on, all right? Yet be holding on. Listen, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I'm doing. You don't know how you're doing? No. Well, I no. talked to you the other day. You seem to be doing fine. What happened? You just walked into the studio and it just... Yeah, it got real. It got real. Yeah, it got real. What got real? Um, Life. Life got real. Like, Look at me. Talk to me. You said what? Life got real. What, what? When you say life got real, explain that. Um, I don't know. You just oh, see. I don't want to cry. See, I told you when I when I start, I got to do like the e o r, just so I can stop crying. Okay, because I this is it's like um, you you just you know you living and you think you're living and you're living and being and becoming and growing and moving and then life gets real. Like life just falls apart. So for the audience, they don't know exactly what you're talking about. Um, this episode is going to be quite unique. Um, let me talk to Vincent. What is this episode about? It's pretty much about two people who got together, um, broken people at that, and decided to do what was right in the church as far as um, come together with vows and get married. And thought that they were going to live this thing out all the way to the end. And we came into we came to a dead end. This episode is sadly titled, We're Getting a Divorce. Heavenly Father, we come today thanking you right now, God, for just your omniscience. God, for whatever reason, this episode has come Uh, to this moment and God I've been speaking to this couple since the middle of April and God um, we just want you to be in the midst of this I ask that you touch their hearts I ask that you touch their minds God ask that you give them peace and comfort as they go through this storm Lord we know that you are omnipresent you're everywhere at the same time so God we ask for your presence to to Feel this room right now in the name of Jesus. I ask that you touch Prevalia's heart right now. God, I ask that you begin to continue to heal it. 
Perform surgery on it right now in the name of Jesus. And God will be so careful to give you the glory, the praise, the adoration, because you are God and God will by yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So how did we get here? How did we get here to this moment where we had a conversation back in April, April the 10th. You DM me, um, Prevalia. And how did that DM come come to pass? What happened? Um, so February, the beginning of February, um, my husband came to me and he said, I never loved you. He said, I haven't loved you ever. Well, was there signs early on where you felt unloved, that you felt uncared for, that you felt uncovered? Was this out the blue? I never felt loved. So you never felt love in the how many years of marriage? Twelve. Twelve years of marriage, you never felt love. Uh, Vincent, do you feel like you showed her love in those 12 years? Based on what I was trying to do, I felt that way. Um, but according to her, I wasn't meeting um, her expectations. So when you say based on what you were trying to do, explain that. What were you trying to do? Um, pretty much what I only knew how to do um, is, well, I'm going to rephrase that. Do what I only thought to do. Which and is what? Just, you know, pay the bills, make sure that, it, you know, be the provider, make sure that, you know, the household was held up. And, you know, do my best to, you know, show the, give her the attention that I thought that she needed, but it wasn't the way that she wanted it. So when you look at that um, and for you to say that you never loved her in the whole 12 years of marriage, how many years did y'all date prior to that? Two years? About eight, 18 months. 18 months. So for roughly 14 years, Vincent, you felt like you've never truly loved your wife. I thought that I was showing love in the beginning, um, but I had to, I had like an epiphany, if you want to call it that, uh, this year. And, you know, with the fasting, once I did the fasting in the beginning, I had some time to really sit and um, think on some things. Because I wanted to get every year, um, every year in the beginning of the year, I tend to try to fast or try to get a sense of direction from God um, to see where I need to be. And this year I end up fasting. I know we told you that it went on the call or the Instagram call. We talked about how we both did the fast and I was the only one fasting. And then I wasn't fasting properly, so I had to kind of do it the right way with good intentions. And once I did that with good intentions, God began to speak to me and and show me that you need to be real with yourself, first of all. And once you be real with yourself, then you can be real with her. And that's how the um, me going to her, telling her I, I never loved her, came about. 
So telling her you never loved her, what what did you want out of that? Were you saying, hey, I want to be honest with you, and then we build from there? Or I want to tell you I never loved you, and that's why we need to get a divorce? Um, that was the introduction, and I think I did it in the wrong way. Because then, uh, like a, a week later, I ended up putting emphasis on what I meant um, and that didn't change anything because she kept, you know, she she got went by what I said. I never loved her. So when you said, what did you mean by that then? I meant that, and we always talk about it, that I didn't know, I, I was broken. So I tend to always date with wrong intentions. And my even though the intentions that that I wanted to be with someone was right, at that time, but I needed healing. I needed to heal from all the past relationships that I had. And I thought that, you know, you know, you get in God and you, you get saved and you know, you feel good about yourself and you feel like you already there, but that's the process. And I didn't know that I was still in the, within the process of him, you know, changing my heart and healing things that I caused on myself. So how do you 40? And so y'all got married when you were what, 28? What, 20, what, 27? So 27, 28. And um, so y'all got married at 28. And that's why I said I know why God brings, yeah. So you got married at 28, 27, 28. I see how old I was when I got married. Um, and you reached this point in your life and you said you began to fast. God began to unlock some things, uh, in you. And you said you go, you went back and you realized that you weren't healed from relationships in the past. When you say relationships, what type of relationships, dating relationships, relationship as it involved, uh, parents or siblings or friends or what, what damage was caused in order for you to take a vow at 28, then get to, uh, 40. Well, actually 39, cause I talked to you on your birthday, um, about 39 and say, Hey, listen, um, I think this is, I've never loved my wife and I want to make a move out of this marriage. What brokenness are you referring to? Um, not, you know, when you grow up and you don't have uh, a father in the home, you try to search for identity. Um, as a kid, I always look for who, who I am, what, what I'm here for. I always had that thought. Um, and I look towards people and I mimic them, the qualities of who they were. And so I always tend to do that in my life as growing up, um, even to in, even in high school, the jocks on the team. I always looked at them and, and and try to mimic them so I can get the girls and 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 do all the things that you know that looks glamorous in their in my eyes when you know they on the campus or they're um, playing football or doing whatever. I thought that they were you know the the, the top like the uh, idols. So I always looked at people. Instead of looking at myself and loving myself, I always look at people being better than me, if that makes sense. I understand it. Um, I want to check in with you, Prevalia. What are you feeling right now? Um, I feel like this is fake. And I feel like it's fake because a lot of what he's saying didn't line up with what 
went on in our marriage. I felt like a conquest. I felt like because I was a prophetic watchman, I was on fire for God, I was, you know, being about my father's business, he targeted me. That's how I felt. It's one of those situations where you just, like, because I could when I when I first met him, I couldn't stand him. And I couldn't stand him because I didn't like his spirit. His spirit was a usury spirit. And his spirit, like, he reminded me of everything I didn't like about my father. And so I was like, uh-uh, I ain't got nothing. You know, I, it's just like I just stayed away from him. And in the course of time, um, he pursued me, and I really don't even understand how I even fell for it today, right? You know, hindsight, of course, it's 2020, but I don't understand how I even fell for it because um, I saw his spirit, right? And so, like, with me, I always was the type where you, you know, like, I want to help people, right? That was like, and it's when when you are anointed, that's what happens. Like you, when you grow up and there's an anointing on your life, you know you you have to learn how to grow in the anointing. And so, a part of my anointing is the gift of helps. And so, a lot of times when that happens, you can, you know, somebody can come in and they can abuse the anointing because that's a part of who you are. It's just natural. And so, it was interesting because when he first came up to me. Um, I was not going to talk to him. And then the reason I talked to him is because he started shaking. <laughs> and so when he started shaking, I was like, oh, no, you know, he needs me. Oh, no, I got to help him. Um, and that was the only reason I even gave him my number. What's the age difference? Um, two and a half years. What, he's older? I'm older. So I'm you're 42. Older. All right, so, so you met him, you were about 29 yeah, well, y'all got married at twenty nine. He got married at y'all got married about twenty seven. Yeah, okay. So twenty nine, I got married at thirty. Yes. So, um, so you met him around that age. Y'all were were you in ministry at the church? Were y'all going to the same church? Yeah, we were going to the same church. I was a prophetic watchman. Um, he. I was a babe. You <laughs> was a babe in Christ. Yeah, I was a babe. In so Christ. you just you was, you was fresh out the streets. Then fresh out the streets. Just got saved, and you <laughs> you you saw this woman, and was like, you know what? This when you saw her, what did you see? When I saw her, I seen a person that was anointing, um, and I seen a I seen a person that, and I think at the time when I was when I saw her, I was as I reflect back. I was broken. So through my brokenness, I look at women to help me be, be a better man in that sense. And so I looked at her and said, well, well, she can be the one that can, you know, we can get together, get married. She's anointing. She's in the church. I just got saved. God going, you know, can put us together and, and we'll have a wonderful marriage. When you hear her say that she felt like you targeted her in a sense and used her, is that accurate? That's not accurate. What do you feel about that? When you said, I feel like she could help me become a better man, she she looks at that as being a using spirit. You look at it as what? I look at it as, I mean, Now it's it could be a user spirit that's 
that was it, that's in the that's hiding behind that, that woman can help me. When you broke in the deception and you can't really see the deception, all you can go by is what you see and how you feel at that time. At that time, because I, 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 hindsight is twenty twenty. We all know that. So when you go back and you look at your intentions, I always look at the intentions of a person or even myself. I go, if my if the outcome was I end up getting a divorce because I didn't deal with any type of uh, idiosyncrasies or strongholds or or brokenness in my life, yes, this is what led to that. But then my motive at the beginning, if my motive was still pure, then unbeknownst to me, I didn't know I had this brokenness that led to this. So I'm asking you when you, when you first looked at her, did you look at her with clear, pure intentions, not looking at her like, Oh, she's a come up. Oh, she's this or whatever that you said. No, this is a woman that I real really, really feel like we can build legacy together. That this is a person that I can become a better man with. Like you said, um, because Clearly, if you're saying the reason why you're with her is because she can make you a better man, that's not using somebody. I mean, you want your husband should make the wife better and, and, and the wife should make the husband better. Uh, but when you look at your heart back then, can you honestly say that you had pure intentions or was it ill intentions? I have pure intentions, but um, immaturely, I wasn't prepared for what I was stepping to. Stepping so the into. hindsight 2020 has said you weren't prepared for it, but in that moment, did you feel prepared? I felt prepared. Okay. See, this is the reason why I want to talk about stuff. Cause sometimes people, we get so far removed from it that we put our 40 year old mentality on a 28 year old mindset. And that didn't exist. So at 28, were you literally, this is my wife. You, you, you all talk to y'all's uh, shepherds of the house. They talked to y'all. Y'all went through, did y'all go through premarital counseling? Yes, we did. And what did they, what were some of the things that they identified? Did they find any problem areas early on when y'all were dating? Did they say, Hey, so-and-so has a problem with anger. So-and-so doesn't open up and y'all need to work on that. Was there some things that they identified early on that were things that y'all areas of improvement? Um, we, we talked about certain topics as far as having kids. That was, that was like a, kind of like a, uh, she didn't want to have kids. Um, and that was one of the red flags. But I, I, in my mind, I was like, well, you know, she's a woman of God. Eventually that would change. <laughs> and you talked to, you know, you know, the basic questions about sex and, you know, and those things, but we never really got into the meat of everything far as because everybody in the church was so excited about you know two two men and you know man and woman of god they coming together they know that we we love the church we every time they had the doors open we were there and so they love both of us what uh what do you remember in those moments prevalia um during premarital counseling what are some areas that they identified that y'all may need to work on well that's the thing we didn't we didn't go into into detail about areas to work on. Um, you know, we talked about finances. We talked about sex. We talked about a whole lot of things, but they didn't, you know, they didn't really go into detail about things that, you know, we needed to work on. We so when they talked about finance, what they say then? They just said they just gave general stuff that applies to marriage as a whole, but not identifying, hey, you make this amount of money, you make this amount of money. How do y'all feel about the financial dynamics in y'all's marriage once y'all get married? And who's going to be the one responsible paying bills? They never broke it down like that. Mm -mm. 
Nope. The, the only thing that, you know, the only thing they really focus on is what are your non-negotiables, right? What was your non-negotiables? Um, if you cheat, I'm gone. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to deal with that. And, um, I just wanted somebody that was honest and loyal. Those are my, those are my non-negotiables. And it was crazy because he, he didn't cheat, but that was the only thing he didn't do. So what was your non-negotiables, uh, Vincent? Let me tell you the truth. I didn't know anything. I was so naive when it came to relationships. I didn't know love languages and I didn't know non-negotiables. That's, that's, gosh, I, I know that's the biggest problem is that we get married. I did a whole TED talk about this is that we get married. Now you realize what the heck we getting into. We just, we just get married. It's like, yes. we, 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 we sit down, we talk to pastors. We feel like they're, they can see what we can't see. So if they put their stamp of approval, then it's okay. Then if you're marrying us at the end of our marriage counseling or premarital counseling, then I guess that's God's will and God's going to work it all out. And that is such a lie. It's just, it's such a lie. It's like, we don't really get deep down into, like you said, we talked about finances, what y'all talk about. We just talked about finances. We talked about sex. What y'all talk about sex. Let me ask you this. What y'all talk about sex. What was the conversation the pastor had with y'all about sex? I think it was uh, how many times a day, was it? How many times a week, a and week. what what would you know? What are things that you're willing to do or not willing to do? It was just a whole lot of general stuff, and it, yeah, it was it was it was a mess. Because I would have found out. Because even you know, and, and I guess I'm just gonna be real. Like we didn't have sex before we got married, and once we got married. I was like, wait a minute. I was so excited about the wedding night. And this joker. That's no exhaling. <laughs> this joker. You know what she about to say, Vincent? Yes, I already know. I'm, I'm, you I'm it, trying, Vincent, I was trying to think of a Vincent, good way Vincent, to say it. You say it so she don't uncover you. You say it the way you want well, to say it. You got to keep it lit, you know, um, in here. So, um Pretty much, I was selfish. Um, did my thing, but was selfish. She didn't get hers, in other words. He rolled over and said, you go handle yourself. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Okay. And, and, what, and what made you say that, Vincent? I don't, I mean, it's so many years ago. Yeah. But um, that was my, what, 28-year-old mind? Yeah. So... Because I was I a conquest. Self selfishness was my thing in in, in my one part of my personality back then. Very selfish. Well, I'm gonna tell you this. I want I want to answer this because I know she keeps saying you're a conquest. Typically, unless Vincent's some abnormal dude, a conquest is gonna be handled before he said I do. So with the fact that you said I got, we didn't have sex before we got married. I don't look at that as a conquest because he would have smashed before y'all said I do. No, he wouldn't have. Why he, wouldn't he? Because he knew my, I was a woman of integrity. It was no way for him to smash. It was no way. It, it, no, no weak moment you was going to have. No, I wasn't going to have one. That was like one of the reasons why I was even attracted to him was because he was disciplined. Like, you know, I was that was that was attractive to me. I was attracted to him because he was disciplined. I was attracted to him because he was, you know, when I look past everything else, he was a man after God's heart. Like he really w was yearning for God. And so it was, you know, it, there was no way he knew 
that the only way he would ever have to be with me was that we had to get married. And it was two years in the making. It took two years, well, 18 months for y'all to get married. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And he was disciplined enough to wait 18 months. And to your knowledge, he didn't have sex with nobody else. Right. Vincent, did you have sex with anybody else in 18 months? No. Didn't have sex with nobody else. Got married to you. You you said he's disciplined, and you still feel like you were a conquest? I was. Why? How, wh- where does this word come from, conquest? Because I, the reason I married him was because he was, like, I felt like I was marrying my best friend. Right. So we, I mean, we would talk like he, he, he worked like crazy. He, he would work and he, the only days he would have off would be like the days we went to church. So our relationship was real different because we only, you know, we only had like, we only had phone time and then we, you know, just had a, just a, just a little bit of time. So we didn't have a whole lot of time. So we were able to just, like, he would talk to me all night and then have to get up and go to work. And I just, it was like, it, I, I, we developed such a friendship and when we developed that friendship, that's what, that's what I fell in love with. I fell in love with a friend and I fell in love with, you know, his heart for God. But then when we got married, this Negro didn't talk to me for three years. Didn't talk. Or you wake up in the morning, like growling. I said, you growling. What is she talking about, Vincent? What is she talking about when y'all got married, you just stopped talking to her? You were growling at her. What was that about? Um, it's almost, you know, when I wasn't prepared for husbandhood. And so once um, it was the reality set in, um, when you get together with someone that's anointing and your anointing is not up to par with their anointing, you got to help as the, as the head of the household, which I wasn't told, has to protect the whole household spiritually. Getting it, you know, praying, reading your word, doing all those things. I wasn't doing those things. I got we, once I got married, I kind of became I got lazy, kind of. Before I got married, it was more like I was in the word, praying. I mean, so you was doing all that before you got married. Said I do, and immediately stopped. Not immediately. Yes. Um, immediately. I can't stopped. say immediately because she said that the day after on y'all honeymoon, you had an orgasm. Looked at her and said, "Take care of yourself." Where did that come from? You waited all this time. You, you you done got the cookies now. Y'all in covenant. God is blessing y'all. Then you go and say, I get mine, and then tell her, take care of yourself. Where did let's unpack that? Because that's 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 pretty deep. Where did that come from? I I, I think it came it came from me not being healed and being in relationships that didn't challenge my uh the true the my my true self. She's the only woman that I have been with that that told me about myself. All my other dating um, experiences, it was, you know, I see in the club, we get together, you know, we hit it off. It might have a one-night stand, and from that one-night stand, we become boyfriend and girlfriend. But how, I'm still trying to make sense out of this, Vincent. I want to know how, how. I don't want this beautiful <laughs> story about how you in the past all that i want to know what made you this is your wife you literally are disciplined enough that's an area that i have never been disciplined in is sex uh and i still battle with that to this very day but you were disciplined in that area you were disciplined you get married you just talked about having one night stands but now you meet this woman of god you are disciplined for 18 months get married ejaculate then tell her take care of yourself 
I got to understand as a man, man to man, what made that come out of your mouth? What in that moment, go back at, as that 28, 29 year old and go back and say, what were you thinking? What, what was that? What, what had transpired up to that moment? Was it a difficult wedding? The wedding day was all stressful and she was tripping with the flowers need to be here or whatever and the whole planning of the wedding. And at that point, you kind of fell out of love with her. And so now you're just going through the motions. I got to understand that because you talk to a man now. So what happened in that moment that led to that? I think I just... Um let me ask you this. I'm going to go slow with you. Was up to that point, had y'all dealt with any type of turmoil? Like stuff that you felt like, gosh, this, this, this girl get on my nerves. I don't even know why I'm married in the first place. Did you ever have any of those moments in that 18 months prior to marriage? I think, I, well, I think she did a whole lot as far as she did. A, she planned her own wedding. She planned her own wedding. So that, that wedding week, she she did everything. Home. She did everything. So it was pretty much, I guess, one of the things was rejection. I, I probably felt rejected. Don't say probably. You know how you felt. How did you feel? Keep it lit. I probably. I, no, I was, probably. I was, I, was, I was rejected. I, I felt rejected. I felt rejected. Yeah, I think that's what that came from. That seed came from that. 100%. See, the reason why I know this stuff is because... I've experienced stuff like that. And then I know that you don't just say that to a woman out the blue. Stuff ain't just going great and you happy and this is the anointed woman. She can help me be better and all this. And the very thing when it comes to sex that you, you get this woman and then you go, ah, oh, take care of yourself. Like, and for you to be able to admit that that's selfish. Yes. That's the surface level, but there's something underneath that caused you to want to disrespect her in that level. Cause that's just not selfishness. That's disrespect. Uh, because you got that you, you're here now. You like, wow, I won. I'm here. I got this woman of my dream. She rejected me. I, I won her over. Uh, she's I already see that she's going to make me a better man. Thank you, Lord, for finding value in me to bless me with this woman. And here we are. We're about to consummate our marriage. I ejaculate and I look at her and say, take care of yourself. That's the ultimate level of dis disrespect. So the, 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 I understand that it had to come from a place. So you felt like you were rejected in the whole wedding planning process. Yes. Was there anything else? Um, that was, that's probably about it. So you felt but, rejected, but the pressures of, um, you know, bills and not being able you know how you, who was the breadwinner at that time? She's the breadwinner. Yes. Good. See, now I'm understanding this. I'm understanding this. I'm understanding it. Cause it just don't, all that stuff don't make sense to me. I don't care about all that. I was this and I was had one night stand with this girl and all that. That don't make you tell this other woman, uh, um, take care of yourself. Cause a dude can go have orgies and everything else and try to make his wife have eight uh, orgasms in a row because he wants to prove his masculinity and be like, I'm going to make you do this. So, when you look at it, when you look at that and you say that she was the major breadwinner, did that ever shift or was she's was she always the person that that carried the bag throughout she, the marriage? She always was the person. She's always the person. Now we get somewhere. The number one thing prevailed is when a man can't provide for his wife on the level where he's the major breadwinner. He always feels a level of inadequacy. He, he feels inadequate in a, in a level and nothing you could do ever can bring that, that, that can patch that hole up. 
I don't give a damn. You could kiss him. You could cook food for him. You could you can make love to him until his eyes roll to the back of his head. I remember write, writing a post one day when me and my wife faced foreclosure in a condo that I had downtown Dallas. And I had went and prepared this life for my, my wife before we got married. And I said, I'm going to go make this money and I'm going to deserve a wife at this point. Touring shows across the country, making tens of thousands of dollars a, a week. I get all this money, get a nice condo, nice car, all this type of stuff. Unemployment went 10% and gas prices went through the roof. Touring stopped, finances drained, and face foreclosure. At that point, I wanted to sabotage my marriage. Why? Because I felt like I didn't deserve to, I didn't deserve a wife. So much responsibility is placed on men to be providers. That's the reason why when he said at the very beginning, he starts talking about being a provider, I I didn't really believe that he was the provider of the household. I believe that that's the role that he wanted to play because that's what we're so taught. But when a man feels inadequate in that area and he's not able, we're always taught to be providers, period. That's, they don't tell us to do nothing else. They don't tell us to be mostly available for our kids. They don't tell us to be mostly available for our wives. They don't, they don't tell us nothing. When I say they, I mean in society, even our fathers, if they were present or whatever. No one tells us, hey, man, make sure that you cover your wife and love on your wife and make your wife. They always say, you know, happy wife, uh, happy life. You know what I'm saying? Like, just make her happy. And no matter if you miserable, just make her happy. That's the dumbest <laughs> stuff ever. The reality is that we're always taught to be providers, though. So when a man is not providing, he's. I ain't going to put words in your mouth. Did you have a bit of animosity towards your wife? Yes. See, the reason why I know this stuff, because the reality is that that's the evil twin to it. When you when you feel inadequate. The person that, and you'd be like, well, dang, if I'm holding the bag, if I'm doing all this, yeah, so what about natural order in households? You know, natural order, the man need to go work, do whatever it is. When you came in here, I pick up on everything. I listen to everything someone says. I ask, does he still live there or whatever? You say, well, pretty much because I take care of the kids. So when you say that, it's saying that he's the one that's taking on the role of taking care of the kids while you go out there and work and you're doing stuff like that. And it's a shift. And oftentimes when, when you feel a shift like that, if the man isn't secure in that and doesn't know who he is, he's going to operate in inadequacy. He's going to feel like, well, what, what am I doing? You can, you can do this all by yourself. But see, that's, and the reason why, you know, I, I, I kind of push back on that is because when we got married, I didn't marry him for money. We didn't say why you married him. I'm saying he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have anything when we got married. And you think that's justifying what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Let See, me tell you why. I, I no, hold on. Listen to what okay. you just said. I just told you what a man feels, and you just told me what you feel about what a man feels. No, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when, if if that's how you felt, we shouldn't have ever got there. You shouldn't have never. You shouldn't have ever even proposed to me you shouldn't have ever even got to the place where we even because you were you were there before we started exactly so don't go there if you know that's where you like if that's where your mind is you think he, you think he go felt there. like he's gonna always stay there you think he got married with you thinking that he'll never be able to provide or outperform you let me ask you this he right here vincent did you feel like when you married her that you will never be able to outperform her financially no nope. no bad things like that we don't get married and be like, she's going to always make more money than me and I'm going to always be beneath her. I think he felt like he wanted to use me. Ask and him. Ask him what he felt like. Ask I him. mean, we've had this conversation. And what did he say? He was broken. 
He didn't know what he wanted. He didn't know all of this. But that's the thing. You were broken, but you were built off me. You built, I built you. I hate to say it like that. No, it's the truth. And he admitted but, it. <laughs> but, you know, like this, that's what, you know, like, cause it, that, like, that was, that's the reality. Like, it was like, I, I wasn't building you for the next woman. I wasn't building you. You were, you were, you were being built up. Cause, cause that's the thing. Like, the whole marriage, you know, I'm the one because he told me, he was like, you know, you know, and even before we, you know, before we got married, I already knew the story. I already knew he, you know, was, was, he felt abandoned as a child and all these other different things. And I married you knowing that story. So because of that, when things would happen, I would always say, you know, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to, and I, you know, and I'm like taking a whole lot. Like this relationship was trying to kill me. There's no way 100%. I was I should have survived this. There's no way. No way. Like when I when I say like just every because I'm I was always pouring, always pouring, always pouring, always pouring, and he gave nothing. When I say like I would say, you know, you know, can you just encourage me? I just need encouragement. Just speak some life. Just, you know. I gotta stop talking. Prevalia, I need you to hear this. Cause you're saying everything that validates the major problem. He had nothing to give. Hmm. See, but why get married? Well, don't get married if you have nothing to give. The reality is, most people that because you using that's but that's the, the okay. So I guess we're gonna kind of be in the situation where you know we're in this conundrum because in my in my mind there is don't get married if you don't have anything to give because in his mind he that's was a, like that's, a, that's, that's beautiful that's, that's, <laughs> that's hindsight being twenty twenty right. If everybody knew that, you know, 50% of marriages wouldn't be in divorce right now. So what you're speaking to is saying, people, if you know this now, you shouldn't have got married five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. It, that, that sounds very logically illogical because people don't get married to get a divorce. Right. This man didn't get married with you to say, you know what? We're going to have these kids. And then about 12 years later, he I'm got, a divorce. He got married in order to be built. And I do believe, I think, I think that's the natural, that's what I'm saying. I think that's the natural order of men and men think that way. Like men think as users. And even if it's not your intention, if your, if your intention is one sided, like your intention is just for you. That's the, that's, that's evil. Like that's like one of the things and that's, you know, like God always, God, the way God speaks is reciprocation. 100%. And if it's not going to be something where I'm giving and I'm receiving, give and you, you know, give and you shall receive, yes. you know, knock and the door shall be open. Like that's the nature of reciprocity. Like, God. Yes. You know, yes. so it's like one of those situations where we, I married him to give. I married him to love him through it. I married him to pour. I was willing to do that. I knew that was going to happen when I married, but I didn't know that his mind was just to take. I didn't know that. I thought he loved me too. I did. Um, the episode what you did with uh, Josh, and he talked. He said something. He said, um, he he was kind of like broken, and he used that to manipulate women. And I kind of resonated with that a little bit because of the fact that, but the, the difference between that was I did not know it was manipulation. Of course, you you would never know if you're in the midst of it. Um, and you say, looking back at it, that's what you feel. Did y'all go through pre? Did y'all go through marriage counseling throughout these twelve years? I wanted counseling. He wouldn't do it. 
I felt the same way how you felt, uh, Latar, um, when you said you always thought that why would somebody want to know about my business or you know how can they tell me what to do? It's nothing but pride. I was it's full so of pride that way, full of pride. Um, and in our communities, we're not taught as men to go seek counseling, and which is the biggest problem in our culture. Now I'm glad that it's become such, uh, it's not taboo anymore. Uh, therapy is very necessary in ther therapy. Uh, you're not looked down upon it. Matter of fact, I value a woman more if I'm dating her and she says she goes through therapy. I'm like, Ooh, great. Wonderful. Um, and so that's a, that's a badge of honor now. Um, so I understand, I understand Vincent. So when you look at, um, how did we get to this moment? What, after he said that conversation with you back in February, then, no, let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning part. They talked about not, um, you said that you didn't want to have kids, right? Why didn't right. you want to have kids? Because I didn't want to be here. <laughs> you didn't want to be a what? I said, because I didn't want to be here. Like, I, you know, it's, it's, it's real crazy. No, say it. You said you want to be here. No. What's here? That's what I'm saying. Like, are you making me share my crazy with the world? I don't want to share my crazy. <laughs> well, that's what you Heck, you didn't share this and crazy? We, we know it's two sides of the story. So, so, so say, say it in the best way you can. Okay. So, prophetically, um, I just, I, I remember my heavenly experience. Like, I remember the experience before I came to earth. Right. And so because I remember the experience before I came to earth, I remember being like in heaven. And um, it was like this being came and said, you know, we need somebody to go to earth. Um, and. It was like it's hard to explain it because, you know, it's heavy yeah. stuff. Right. But it was like four of us and we were sitting like cross as close as, as possible. You OK, talk. look at me. Talk to me. Stop talking out here. OK. Um, all right. So it was four of us. Right. And so we were sitting like cross from each other. <clears throat> and I was kind of like I'm I was me. So I'm just the way I am now. I was in I was that way in heaven. And so I remember saying, I don't know what you're going to do. I ain't, I ain't going. Right. Um, and so. It was the person who was sitting across from me or the being that was sitting across from me. Um, they were like, you know, I'll go. And I was like, yeah, you know, good. I got somebody. Right. Um, and they didn't move. They were like waiting on me. <laughs> and I was like, uh -uh. And, and, and it's like, you know, you, you're it's like you're not talking, but you're thinking. And so I, I, I could hear them saying you are the person that can accomplish this task the most. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I don't want to go. So hold on. So you're saying, so at what point did you have this vision? This Was it a vision or a dream? No, you, this happened. This was something. So Or it's something that happened. This So it's hard to explain it because you are, you know, we're, we're here, right? And it, But before, like, the you know, God says, you know, before you were even in your mother's womb, I so knew you. So what I'm saying, right? when you got this memory, when you got this epiphany this revelation i've been had it i had it when so, i was a little so baby you, so you a little baby you, you remember, came to this world remember yes, that moment remember because i i hid it i hid it in my heart like i i when i when i when i decided because you have to make the choice like nobody's gonna force you but when i decided to to come to earth i he i said i gotta hide this in my heart and i hid the moment in my heart but i was wishing 
right? And this is going back to the question why I didn't have kids. I was wishing that, you know, I, I didn't have to come. So I was like, I wish my mom would have made the decision not to have me. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but that's what, you know. So that's and what so, you felt. And then you felt that I'm not going to do the same thing for I my kids. I ain't going to do the same thing. I ain't going to bring them here to this world. All it's right. Crazy. So I'm going to tell you this. As as crazy as that sound, I talked to uh, a friend uh, last week, a week and a half ago, that said that she doesn't want to have kids because she wouldn't want to bring kids into this crazy world. Mm -hmm. Now, she didn't say she had a whole vision about it before she was born <laughs> and came into all this or whatever. People right. have to smoke weed to understand what you just said. But <laughs> but other than that... Uh, but see, okay, so let me, let me just clarify, because it's... A lot of people don't understand, so this is prophetically, right? When... The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen, right? And the, the difference, because you you have, you know, the, the few and the chosen have the same anointing. They have the same level of, um, you know, just just authority and power. The difference is the chosen don't have a choice. The chosen, you make the choice before you get here. And so you're going to do what God says do. And so because of that, like, I, I have in my life just had a lot of hard knocks. And so... I can't. It's it's very difficult because it's like you just go back to that that them places. Yeah, those places, and it's you know, and so like that's why I don't. It's very difficult for me to trust people. Right. And so when I trust, I like I try to like really give my heart. Um. And then. Prevail, let me ask you this real quick. Does he know about a lot of brokenness that you've experienced? Who? Your husband. Only what he found out before we got married. He did not, when we got married, he just stopped talking. He stopped caring. Have you experienced uh, sexual assault? No. Have you experienced uh, abuse? Yeah. Um, physical abuse from... Um, when oh, no. want to oh, I, I'm... Well, I, I'm not okay. I hate to say it like this, but I can't. I I can't be abused. I'm not that. I don't have that spirit. <laughs> I, I I can't. No, I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior in the spirit, and because of that, like I was like I was I was crazy. Like growing up, <laughs> so you was the one that was abusing people. I was abusing people. You was beating up. I people. was beating up people because <laughs> I was. I mean, because I had so much rage and anger from what? That's what I want to get back to because there's something we unpacked a brokenness and of abandonment with him, where did your, where's the heartbeat of your trauma? My father. And that was, and, and it's one of those things, like a lot of people, you, I, I even, I think a, a lot of the things that I picked up, it wasn't even mine. It, it was, I picked up my, I picked up my mother's pain. And because I picked up my mother's pain, it was like I, I had her pain and then my pain too. So when he would, when my father wouldn't do, you know, like he would just like leave sometimes days at a time and, you know, things like that. And it just, it affected me in such a way. And I think it was because I was aware, like I always had this awareness and that's, you know, that's neither here nor there, but I always had this awareness and it, because I had this awareness, it's like I, I just, I longed for my father. Like I wanted him to be, you know, in my life. I wanted him to do um, for me, I wanted him to, and he just was never there. He would, he was in the home, but not in the home, in the home. Yeah. I said, yeah. my daddy was present and absent at the same time. Yeah. He was so you got married, you had this 
Where did this, so how did it turn into such anger where you took it out on other people? Um, because the. So you said you watched your mom be, um, was she been physically abused or just emotionally abused? Emotionally. And you took that because you're an empath. You took that and you started being angry where you started taking it out on other people. I took that and the, the anger that I had for my father turned into hatred and the hatred turned into rage. So I hated my but, father from the time I was nine to the time I was 25. Nine to 25. Mm-hmm. What happened at 25? Uh, it's interesting because God is so amazing. And um, so my mom has four girls and all of us, you know, you know, we lived at, we lived home and we, you know, went to college. We did our thing. Well, my sisters, all of them were gone. My mom had moved out the house and my dad had um, an accident where he needed somebody to take care of him. And I was the only one. So God healed y'all's relationship by you being the one to actually serve him. He healed it through service. I served him to healing. I served him to healing, and it broke all the hatred. Now I still had a little bit of rage <laughs> that I had to deal with, but it broke the hatred. And the crazy part is that's my best friend today. Wow. Best friend. And so I remember the the DM that you sent me. You said that he was everything that you despised about your father. You married your father. I did and was trying not to. And that's the reason why I was searching for somebody that was disciplined because that was the things that I wanted was the things my dad wasn't. And I and I I was intentionally trying to get somebody that I didn't have cuz you know didn't have to worry about, right? Um and so because you you know you had a heart for God because you wanted to be you know just just in the you know like in the church, that's what I thought. Um, Why you say as we thought? Because that's what he was doing. Like he, you said no. You said be in the church. That's what you thought. So he, he showed you a, a a one year, eight month history of being in the church. He stopped going to church after y'all got married too. But see, okay, so it's it's a lot of stuff that we didn't unpack. And one of the things that like when I when he when we got together, he this man would walk to church because he didn't have a car. He would walk like miles. And just every day, like that the church opened and it was like, you know, you know, to other women that probably been like, what? To me, I was like, wow, that's beautiful. Right. Look at that heart for God. Like, that's so amazing. And it was, you know, it was like, that's the thing that was attractive. It was like your desire, your heart, your willingness to go above and beyond and be, you know, like to be in the presence. And that was just attractive. And then, you know, we, we developed a friendship and we, I, I, you know, I shared my life and I told him things I never told people because I don't talk about me. Like I'm very private, which is why this was so difficult. Right. But I want people to be healed. I don't want somebody else to have to go through this pain. Hmm. Vincent, how do you feel hearing a, her, her talk like this? This is not foreign to you. You heard her, you heard her speak like this before? Yes. How do you feel hearing her say that, knowing that she's not a public person and she's allowing the pain to help bring healing to other women, even men that 
may be ignoring some of the signs that should give you pause before saying I do. Uh, how do you feel hearing your wife speak like this and break down? Um. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I could not become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I encourage you to keep, you know, keep being that way. How do you feel about uh, hearing us say that? I don't feel anything. Exactly. Why don't you feel anything? Um, because, I don't know, can't answer that. And that's why not only... Even when you made the the response about saying that I've never loved you, she knows you never loved her. So even when you came back the week later and tried to cover it up, you couldn't cover up the truth. It's it's biblically what happened with Pharaoh is that God began to move, and the Bible says God moved on Pharaoh's heart, changed Pharaoh's heart, gave Pharaoh the utterance to say, let my people go and then change his mind because God will never allow his people to be held captive. And he will always allow the, the, the sins of our own hearts to even cause our own demise. And so when you said what you said to her, it was literally to get her free. It was to get her free. And then when you try to come back around and say, well, I really didn't mean that what I really meant or whatever. No, you, you finally spoke truth, truth out of your heart. That's the reason why I allowed y'all to come on this podcast and have a conversation that is even uncomfortable to me. (laughs) Even I, I don't, I don't promote divorce, 
but I understand it. I understand how necessary it is, and I understand how relatable y'all's story is to my own. Um, so that's why we're having this conversation. We're having this conversation because it don't get realer than this. Right. Um, and it hurts. My heart grieves. But I also know that I feel more empathetic towards your wife than you even do right now. And I ain't took a vow with this woman. Because your your emotions are so closed up, you can't even feel. That's the reason I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's why I ask you, how do you feel? Well, I just want to encourage her to do No, that, that don't have nothing to do with feeling. Right. Feeling is it breaks my heart to know that I did this damage to my wife and my wife is broken. My wife will never come on a platform like this. I'm the one that told my wife to come on this platform. You're you, you the one that said it. You're the one that got her out here. So even in, thank you, Holy Spirit, even, she's still serving your needs even on the demise of your marriage. You, if you don't understand that, brother, ain't nothing you can understand because she does not want to be here. She's still serving you, stepping out of her own comfort zone, stepping out of out of the things that make her feel valued. She's stepping out of this for you still. And then to hear you say, I feel nothing. I feel absolutely nothing. It makes her feel like the biggest fool. It makes her feel like the biggest idiot. It makes her feel like, why couldn't I listen to myself way back then? God Ooh. has anointed me, given me so much wisdom, and I, I, I denied my own self. I came, I, I, I went against my own self when I chose you. Oh my God. And I knew better than this. Oh my God. And so you look many years later, 12 years later, the number 12 is a number of covenant, but y'all covenant has been broken. <laughs> and you go through all these, uh, these 12 years to only arrive at the very place that you saw way back then that could have happened. And, the, and her worst fear is right in front of her face right now. That's how your wife feels. Um, so we go back to this place here where you said, y'all wanted to come on this podcast because first of all, y'all have, y'all still haven't filed, right? He just told me the other day he filled out the paperwork waiting for this so he, he finna just push sin I guess tonight <laughs> so y'all y'all want to push sin and why were you waiting for this vincent um <clears throat> the same way she what she said she want people to get healed i had that same mindset um to expose men like myself that to expose men like myself that, that need to discover their brokenness. A lot of times people are not discovering their brokenness. They're trying to discover something to help their broken, brokenness instead of just discovering that they need God. First you need to love God first and serve God first and have a relationship with him and love yourself first. Then you can be able to love someone else. So when you look at that, then when you look at how beautiful you just said that, why didn't that change and transform into fighting for your marriage um because the damage was done pretty much um we were supposed to been having a divorce in 2015 2015 2015 we had some incidents that occurred um but we decided to keep um uh, fighting so both of y'all came together and said we're gonna fight we're gonna fight i wish he would have said though he should have just 
What mm-hmm. should just got divorced in 2015? Yeah. Why? Why you say that? 20, 2015 had some flags. I mean, it had you know we were. Well, I mean, the whole marriage had flags. Yeah, that's but, not that, for me. The whole marriage. He, I don't know what flags he talked about because he is he's had nothing but life. Like it's nothing but I've I've poured into this man, poured, poured, poured when I had nothing like. I still poured. Like he don't even understand. Like I would tell him, I'm like, do you know I'm here? Because he would say stuff like, you know, oh, I'm, you know, you know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do. And it was always future casting. I'm saying, but what, what about the present? What about right now? Because I'm here. And so he would always talk about things he was going to do, but he was never. Ta- he would never talk about things like let's, you know, let's do this. It was so many things. Like every dream he had. I promoted it. He, when we first got married, he wanted to start a clothing line, do this, do this. He bought all this stuff. I went and sat up on the side of the road to sell his stuff. He never came. I, I did that. You say he never came to sell his own stuff? No, he never showed up. I would set up on the side of the road to sell his stuff, and he never came. He wouldn't even show up. And then... It was like after three months, he would do something else, and then he would do something else, and then he was. I was like, "Oh my God, what are we doing?" So, and Vincent, so, answer that real quick. What what made you not show up that day? Well, we, she said I never showed up. It was probably one or twice. Uh, I'm talking no, about the the the, 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 the her experience is you didn't show up. It, it shouldn't be no time you didn't show up if it's your dream. So, so, so you admit that you had that she came and supported you. Let me ask you that. Ask you this. Did she support your dream? She supported. Did she not only support it, but she started actually helping you with it and helping lead your dreams? Because if she went out and started setting up stuff on the side of the road, how could you not be there? Where were you? Adam, where are you? The the, 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 the um, it goes back to that thing again, man. Um, Finding yourself. At that time when I was trying to start things, it was it was based on ego, um, based on trying to um, keep up with the Joneses type. Where mindset. were you? All that sounds great, but that still makes you I, present. I, I, Where I was, were you? I, I probably was in the house. <laughs> so your wife is out there grinding. She already the breadwinner. She always making money on her profession. Then she comes, hops on your profession, your dream. Then you let her lead that too. Yep. You feel you know how frustrating that would be to a woman. So when you see these tears and when you see this frustration, it's because she's been sewing and she's been pouring into a glass with holes in it. And all and she could pour with all no she bottom. wants to, and it's gonna just fall out. It just <laughs> it ain't even it ain't even nothing is nothing is seep, seeping in, nothing is staying in. The container is a big hole in it. And have you ever gone through therapy even after this stage to start healing that abandonment issue that you had as a young boy um far as now i'm 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 pretty much good um since in the beginning when you talked to me in uh, april uh that process was you know starting but the healing process was different i I had to heal in order to tell her how i how the, the truth of me at that point, so the thing about our marriage, we felt that we felt to tell you that I was working on trying to get myself together in the midst of our problems, so that we can stay together. It wasn't just I came and just told her, "Oh, I don't love you," 
at that point, we was trying to keep things going, and God and I and, God, and I told her this, and she cried. I told her, I said, God was trying to save our marriage, but it was He was doing it in the way that I was going to get my my character right and get myself together mentally. I can respect that mentally, and every time where I try to get myself mentally, spiritually, and physically together, she'd be like, I'm tired of this, and I feel like we, you know, she'll she'll always and mess up the the process of what God was doing in me. Um, I can take you back. Um, last year around Christmas time, God was like, "You need, you know, go ahead and cook for for her whole family," and and God and God revealed to me that it was gonna break the spirit of selfishness. So I went to go ahead and do all that stuff like that, and she was like, well, "You always cook all the time. That don't mean nothing." And that kind of set me all the way back to the like, what's the point of doing? It? And so that's why I had to do the fasting to try to get clarity and understanding what are we doing. So in this whole process, y'all still weren't getting marriage counseling or anything. And see, what happens is, and that's the reason why that's so important, because I know what place you're at, and I know what place she, she was at when you're trying to do it. It's almost like uh, a day late and a dollar short. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's so crazy because the damage has been done so much, and that's why you say it's even better just to go ahead and just end it because there's, it's beyond repair. And I understand when you say, let me go ahead and do X, Y, Z. And she says, well, what does that really mean to me? Uh, and that's why it's so important to try to find out what that person needs to be able to say, what can I do for you to make you feel loved and valued? What, what, what can I do for you to make you feel like I'm changing? Tell me what you need. Write it down so that it can be irrefutable. You say, if you do X, Y, Z, this will make me feel love. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then if she has a problem with that, then you go, now listen now, now you told me to do this and I did that. Then now, now you're showing me that you just can't be pleased. But, but it's interesting because like she said, you always cook. What's so different, you know, what's so important about that? When you had this experience with, uh, <sighs> the interesting thing when we put God in the, the formula, I hear y'all talk about God, this God showed me this, God showed me this, and God does speak, and I'm never going to go and say, well, God couldn't have showed you that if it didn't work, and if you, we're not going to debate that. What I will say is this, that when y'all's hearts are tethered to each other, that you'll be able to feel a void in her heart after talking to God that you knew you would have never known had you not went to the manufacturer. So whatever it is, the cooking, I don't know if God told you that. I don't know. All I do know is that the outcome didn't work. Yeah. Whatever happened, whether God said that God didn't, that she had a hardened heart at that point, God told you, but the heart was hardened. We don't know. God never told you to do that, but you felt like that was the best thing that you could do. Cause that's what you were always capable of doing. And this, whatever, what I do know is that, when God tells you something, it doesn't fail. <laughs> His word will not return to him void. Um, that's that. When you look at, um, you said you were trying to make it work. The first part of this 2022, where you, all this come to Jesus moment we had, um, what's another example that happened, not back around Christmas time, but in 2022 that happened where you said, I was literally trying to make it work with my wife. Um, did, uh, it wasn't really no incidents because, like I said, the fasting. Now, I try to fast twice, and you know, the, try to get both of us to fast so that we both can get clarity. In let the me beginning. just let me. I'm gonna interject just because I, I didn't want to cut him off because I really want him to get his heart out. But the fasting for him, like he would, he 
he would fast a lot in our marriage, but the fasting for him was always something that was tied to aesthetics. Like I'm a fast because I want to lose weight. I'm a fast because I'm, you know, I'm gonna start being vegan or I'm gonna start being like, he was jumping and moving and go because I would have, you know, I was trying like, I was trying to be vegan, but then he would go and I'm gonna be a pescatarian. I'm gonna be a this, I'm be, like, it would change. And so it was just never anything solid. So you never fast and say, I want to fast for our marriage to be restored. <laughs> You don't believe he did that? No. Well, I, I know. I believe his fast work. I believe his fast was real. But I'm talking about, did he, did he say, babe, let's fast to, for oh, God to restore our marriage? No. He didn't want to. This, 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 he was done. He was done in February or whenever he told me. Was you done in February? He was done in whatever day we got married. <laughs> no, you can't say that. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious, though. Like, this, this, okay. And, and oh, this, I want to ask Vincent, was you done in February? Um, no, I was, I wasn't done in, in February because I still had, I still was, I had the thought. The and thought so of what? The thought of the hope? The thought of, you know, divorce and, you know, I even looked at, that's how I came across your channel. I was trying to look up, you know, somebody, because I felt like if you tell the church about divorce, they, they're they going to hit you with these scriptures and all this stuff and you go to hell if you marry again. All this stuff was in my head. So it was pretty much. I started looking at looking for videos and, and, and then I came across your video and that's what that's when um I think I forgot the guy's name, the one that um the therapist guy. Uh Jay Barnett? Yeah. When I heard his story about healing, that kind of just got me going to just be uh I was addictive to watching your shows and different topics and, and that 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 brought healing. And it showed me what I needed to work on. And while I was fasting, that's when I had to, you know, let her know the truth. God was like, let, let, let her know the truth. Y'all both going to be free because she's hindering you and you are hindering her for the purpose that I have for her to do. Do you feel like God gave you clarity to get a divorce? I ain't going to say that. You was fasting. Why would you say it in you? Your, your... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say. You told me you didn't love me. After the fast, so what? What clear? What more clarity do you need? Yeah. So if you if you got clarity and said I don't love you and I've never loved you, that part. Then because sometimes you 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 tend to want to say the right thing and you say it the wrong way. So what were you trying to say, Vincent? There ain't no other way of saying to, that. I was trying to. I was trying to say. I was trying to tell her that. You know, this is not working, but I, I didn't say it in the right way in the beginning because that I was, you know, in between. So let me ask you this right now. Do you feel like you love your, you feel like you love your wife? I, right now, do you feel like you love your wife? I love her. All right. Do you feel like, don't look at him like that. <laughs> okay. I want him to have a safe space. I'm sorry. Do you feel like you love your wife? I love her. Have you loved her? Do you feel like you've loved her for 12 years? The relationship we have, well, I'm going to say this. Do you feel like you love her for 12 years? Not for 12 years. This, it changed. Changed the what? Well, the process of us. I'm saying, do you feel like you love her? Do you feel like you love her? This 12 years have gone by. Do you feel like you've loved her for 12 years? No. That's the truth. Thank See, you. no matter how we tap dance around it, we're going to get back to the truth. Like, you talking to another man, we're we going to call, we're going we gonna to talk real. We're going to keep it lit. So at the end of the day, we just got right back to the very thing that you said to her at the very beginning. I didn't and, and love you. And the reason why I have a problem with like kind of answering it in a way because 
it's almost like you got the difference between loving somebody and being in love. I asked so, you that you love her. I, I, I asked you if you was in love. I said you love her. But what's the definition of love? As far as you love somebody and you in love with somebody. They're two different ways, two different things. You tell right? me what does it mean to you? Because different people mean different stuff. You don't want to turn to your wife and say, I don't, I've never loved you. That came out <laughs> your mouth. What did you mean when you said love in that in that regard? When I told her that behind that, it was saying I I I really want to say I couldn't love you the way that you wanted to be loved. And then how did you show that? Oops, I made a mistake. I said it wrong. Then how did you show from that February all the way to August, how did you show her <laughs> that that was a mistake, that I want to show you how you should be loved? You think that you've ever showed her from February to now that, that you said, now let me show you how you should be loved? I didn't, I, I didn't show her how, how to be loved in the way she wanted to be loved. Let me interject real quick. Because I came home one day. And when I came home, it was three long stem roses in a vase. And I was like, oh, my goodness. For context, when was this? This was March. March. Okay, so March. February, tell you in love, you March. You, you, you come home, there's three long stem roses in a vase. Yeah. And so I was like, like in my mind, I said, I wonder if my husband trying to romance you. Yeah, you know, you know, trying to do something to show he loves me. So I called him. I said, um, "Hey, I just got home and it's um, three roses in a vase." And I said, "Did you, did you give me some roses?" He said, "Have I ever given you roses?" And that's just like. It was like a dagger went through my heart because I never even realized that he never gave me roses. So where were those roses for, for then, Vincent? I, I'm he said, this homeless lady gave me some roses. No, that's not that's not the right. That's not the way that went, sir. <laughs> what happened? Where, 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 where the roses come from? Nah, I, the roses the roses did come from a lady that was on the road. You know, you know, you got those people that need money and they... I didn't want the roses. I just wanted to give her the money, but she insisted and forced her hand inside and gave me the roses. So I was like, okay, I just, you know. But the conversation did not go like that. She asked me, was the rose, was those roses for me? And I, and then I said, if you want them to be. No, 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 no. That's the exact no. words you I said. said and then she, and hey, then this, I this is, let me tell you, this is, this is why I can remember it. Because as soon as you said it, I fell out. It was like a dagger hit my heart. And I thought, like, wow, because you made me think. Have yeah, I ever given you roses? That's the question you asked me. Have you ever given her roses? I, I, I never said that. Well, have you ever given her roses? I gave her flowers before, but I never, you know. I'm have not, you I'm ever not a, given me roses? I have never gave you flowers, but I always buy flowers. So when you when you said never given her roses, so you said, so your, your recollection is you said, hey, um, if you want them to be yours. Yeah, that's what I said. And then she said, you never, and she was like, just tell me the truth. She was like, because I remember the conversation. You, was you like, don't. Just tell you don't remember. remember. And let me tell you oh, why. Let them finish. Let them finish. You said what? Because <laughs> she said, just tell me the truth. If either they're for me or not. And I said, no, they're not for you. Hmm. That would be a good time to lie, Vincent. I don't, you know, I, <laughs> I don't try to recommend people just lie, but, you know, sometimes yeah. you just... just but at that time, we had this is, this is, But that's why he... 
because he doesn't realize like because he's been so manipulative in this in our in our marriage it's like his car he would he switches up the conversation all the time I remember because I fell on the floor and I said, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for my roses. God gave me roses. You thought it was like something you was doing, but God gave me roses because like that's. So you when, went back and accepted those roses as if they were yours. They were from God. They were mine. They were from God because God speaks in three. When, it, when, when God speaks, he'll speak to you with the number three. And I knew God was speaking because at that point, like I was losing my mind and I, and God was just doing different things, like sending me signs to help me to not lose it. Let me ask you this, Vincent, what made you tell your wife to start watching the podcast? Because I wanted her to get healing. You know, let me tell you how interesting that is. And that's why I say it's all God. I can't even be, it's, it's, it's crazy because your wife reached out to me kind of mad. <laughs> She was like, my husband done got me watching your stuff. And I'm what? why is my wife watching? Why is my husband watching something called Dear Future Wifey? I'm his wife. Why is he looking for a future wife? She was all messed up. She said, I wasn't trying to watch your stuff for nothing. And then she broke down and said, let me start watching some stuff. And she started finding healing. And she and she would be like, wow, you know, and she'll DM me and and and, and talk about an episode or whatnot. And in her DM, I could tell how broken she was. And so I would send a voice, a memo, a prayer to her and say, keep yourself together, queen, and I will speak and, and speak life. What is so crazy about this is that you did push your wife towards healing all the way to the point of the person who actually has the podcast where she started DMing me and then to the point of where for your birthday. Let me tell you this, brother. This I'm just, I just want to tell you how much. Let me ask you this. Do you believe your wife loves you? I know she loved me. How you know? Because she did a whole lot. She took. She put up with my mess. Okay. <laughs> so let me tell you how much she 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 loves you. Y'all were. She had prepared a trip for you for your birthday, right? Mm -hmm. When was your birthday? The fifteenth. Fifteenth of what? April. Fifteenth of April. Uh, she had reached out to me April the tenth. Um, and then she said that she still had a trip planned for you that she still wanted to execute for your birthday want to just take y'all on the getaway uh y'all went and did that on the way going to where y'all go to orlando mm -hmm. y'all went to orlando on the way to orlando y'all was watching the dear future wifey podcast um y'all had what was was the trip great was it was it cool on the way going there did y'all get a chance to talk about a lot of stuff it was yeah. amazing it was amazing y'all had a very peaceful yeah. uh, uh uh vacation then she dm me and said you know, my husband really, really loves your podcast. It would mean the world to him if you were to just call him on his birthday. That's what your wife said. I said, deal. I love talking to men. I said, video call me when he's around on Instagram, and I'm going to talk to him. And that's how you and I got on that phone that day. Your wife was still, still trying to do something, gifting you with something else to just put a smile on your face and what was so beautiful about that moment is that of course I didn't know all the sacrifice that has taken place throughout the marriage or whatever but I could assume a whole lot just because I saw how of a willing heart that she had after you telling her that I never loved you and she says I'm gonna still take him on this trip because I know some women that you, you wasn't gonna be going on that trip 
I know some women, that trip would have been canceled. You would have got put out the house. You would have been on your own. She would have took herself on a trip. She would have went on a girl's trip, and she would have kicked it and did whatever she wanted to do. I know those type of women. But your wife is so sacrificial. She said, you know what? I said I'm going to do this, and I'm going to still do this for my husband. Beautiful queen. Beautiful heart to do that for you. Um, and so I don't want that to go unnoticed. I don't want that to go where it's just another thing just thrown out there of a sacrifice to my wife. She always does that. No, she didn't do it. She ain't never did it in this stage. I don't give a dang what she's done for you all up until this point. She's never done it after you told her, I have never loved you. So everything that, that has transpired from, from, from February on now is grace. That's straight bonus. That's like, I don't even have to do this no more. I don't even, but I'm still serving you because I'm still, all I know how to be is a wife. So I'm still, I'm still being a wife to you um, because she hasn't turned as an enemy towards you. And I thank God for that because at the end of the day, uh, as I spoke to both of y'all, y'all have a better relationship now than y'all have had ever before. True or false? True. So in the point of honesty and this truth that has transpired, it created a new dynamic to say, yeah, because I want people thinking that you're still fighting for this marriage. Mm -mm. So prevail, are you fighting for this marriage? No, 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 no. No, she, 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 I'm gone. Let me ask you this <laughs> so people understand, because I want them to, uh, mistaking your tears as her husband is leaving her and she want to hold on. No. explain to them why you are no longer fighting. Um, because you don't get to do that. You don't get to tell me that you never love me. Like you don't, you don't get to toy with my heart like that. You don't get to do that because the one thing about it as horrible as he was to me, I would never have left him ever. I would have stayed right there and been miserable for 50 years because I would have never abandoned him ever. Because you promised him that early on. <sighs> um, so one of the things that y'all said when um, y'all want to come on this podcast, you said, listen, uh, when we file for divorce in our, our small little town that um, everybody knows. The minute that we we, we, we file for it, everybody's going to get it, and they're going to be speculating, saying all this other whatever. So I wanted to come on this. Y'all want to come on the podcast so that y'all can tell y'all's truth, and y'all never have to repeat it again. If someone has a question, like, why y'all getting divorced? Go watch that podcast. Right. Is that true? Is that right. what? Well, and, and it's one of those things where, and he doesn't understand this, because I, I have kept telling him, like, you don't realize that even in this, I'm covering you. And I'm covering you because, like, I didn't want people to hate him. Right. Right? Like, my sisters, them heifers was going to get him. Okay? They, they was going to And when they find out, it, he, you know, he'll be the moved out so it'll be safe for him. Right? Um, but I wanted there to be a balance because I didn't want to tell the story and tell it in a way where I was just dogging him or because I've never done that. And y'all have kids. That's just another thing, too, I want people to be mindful of. Because people have a tendency to be more vindictive than the person that the the 
situation happened to. You know, it's like you could be dealing with you like, hey, I got this. What? No, no, you ain't gonna deal with it the way I need to deal with. It. You didn't marry him. You ain't. You ain't got nothing to do with this. But now, nah, now nah, we 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 got we gonna do this, and then they make stuff worse. So I do want to encourage people to stay out of their business, <laughs> stay out of their stuff, that this is a sensitive subject matter. And I always try to provide a safe space for my guests. This is the hardest thing to ever do uh, with people that are, they're not <laughs> in the limelight to be in front of 123,000 folks. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a lot of people for people to leave comments and all that. I beg you do not leave comments. That's, that's, um, Derogative. negative and derogatory and see she should have she should never been with him in the first place she said that that's somebody's dad you know what i'm saying uh well i don't know what she's talking about she should have did this don't no that's that's somebody's mom they are being gracious enough to be transparent enough to share this story with the world and they don't need y'all trying to jump in and play judge and jury so that's what i beg for y'all to do if y'all say anything say hey listen uh thank you for giving us a, a, a peek into your life. Thank you for letting us know how to navigate through these dating streets so that we uh, hopefully don't end up uh, getting a divorce, whatnot. But you should be gracious that, that, that they are willing and vulnerable enough to share their lives. This is the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do. So first of all, I wanted to commend y'all for, um, for just your vulnerability. Um, and the vulnerability in the midst of pain. This is not something that you come back around and it's 10 years later and you're sharing why you got a divorce. Uh, like I had the privilege of doing seven years, six, you know, six or seven years later, I'm talking about how I got a divorce and I never even talked about the specifics of it. Um, but I understand why y'all on this podcast, I'll say that. Um, and so the reality is y'all are brave, y'all are courageous. Uh, I thank you, Vincent. We have no stones to throw at you. Um, uh, a, a lot of men are still in marriages right now for 30, 40, 50 years, and they have a whole family down the street. You know what I'm saying? And they wife never knows about it, or they do know. And the wife is like your wife and say, but I'm never going to leave, you know, um, whatever that is. So I'm saying thank you for being vulnerable enough to to sit before people knowing that people can look at you as the bad guy. I can't see that. Oh, see, see, <laughs> I, that's why you need to stay away from them guys. You need to stay away from, I don't wanna hear all that. Bottom line is King, I'm proud of you for 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 standing in your truth. And what I, what I, oh Lord, what I hope that happens from this moment is for you to pick yourself up out the dirt out of your brokenness, that you seek the healing that you need to become the father. You may have failed as a husband, but you still haven't failed as a father. So you still got to operate in the role of father so that your kids, how old your kids? You got one that's one and one that's how? One and four. four. You have a one-year-old and a four-year-old. That's another thing she sacrificed and gave you. I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that, King. She never wanted to have a kid. She had two. Understand that. And her worst nightmare came right before. And now she's a, she's going to be a single mother of two. You got to understand that. You got to be able to cover that. You cannot walk in selfishness anymore. King, I'm talking to you. You got to get to the place in your mind where you say, you know what, man? 
Yes, I was selfish. Yes, I was a uh, I suffered uh, from abandonment, but I will not abandon my kids that I will step up and get to a level with my kids where they see me as a father. Yes, I failed as a husband, but I will never fail them as a father. But one of the things you have to be empathetic towards is that now you've left the woman that's the single mother of two. A single mother of two. That's a lot to carry. It's a lot of looks when she's walking out. Be like, oh, girl, she's going to be dealing with all this other stuff when she never wanted this moment to happen. You got to feel it. And what I mean by what empathy is, is stepping outside of yourself into the situation of someone else and feel their pain. If you can't even think enough to even care enough about feeling it, you're never going to feel it. And she's going to always feel like you don't care about the damage you've done. So when I even went through my divorce, when I tell you, I, I prayed and said, God, I want you to teach me how to divorce my wife with grace. And I served my wife through my divorce. I don't tell people all the specifics that I did, but that's the reason why our relationship is so solid is because I served her. I said, listen, I can't erase the past. I can't do this or whatever. I do believe that this is the best uh, course of action, but I still love you. I still respect you. I know what this is doing for you. I know what this is doing to you. And so all I ask you to do, King, is take moments. And even if you don't know what to say, tell her. I am seeking God on how to respond to you because I don't want and don't say nothing. If you don't, don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try. If you don't know what to say, don't say nothing. Just sit there and be like, I hear you. I hear you. And I'm trying to feel you. Because other than that, when you start saying other stuff, she'd be like, she, she just, just be like, I. And, and the thing about it is the conversation, um, I already, I'm already on that journey. Um, and that's why the relationship is so. It's, it's happy. It's healthy right now. I know. I, I know I messed up, and, and I want to tell you this while we on camera. I'm sorry for all that I put you through. Um, I'm, I'm sorry for wasting your time. I'm sorry for not being able to execute the expectations that you required me to ex execute. I'm sorry for just piercing your heart and not still of, still of healing it. I was piercing it. So how'd y'all get to this beautiful that. moment where y'all actually kicking it? Y'all y'all on another trip together? Y'all done came to Dallas? How y'all able to just hang out with each other like this, going through a divorce? Um, because I, um, I want my heart to be right. I want my heart to be pure. I want my, I want, because this, I mean, it was a 12-year, like I said, God, this was a 12-year sacrifice. Like, I just give, I give you this time. And so I want my kids to have a great father. So I say back to you, I bless you. I want you to be the man <laughs> that God intended for you to be. They created you to be. I want you to be a man of valor, a man of honor, a man of integrity. I want you to be a demon buster. I want you to be everything that God purposed you to be. I want to close this out in prayer. And Vince, I want you to lead the prayer. Let's join hands. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord Father God, for just allowing us to be on this platform, Lord Father God, to expose uh, the, the, this relationship and how to get people that are in marriages or in a relationship um, to see the red flags and to be able to um, not go forward with it. Um, I pray, Lord Father God, that this heal that this 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 podcast heals those who are listening, those who are watching. I just pray that everyone who who tune in 
sees the the great good out of it, not just looking for the bad. We just thank you for Latarius for giving us this opportunity. We ask you to bless him even more and to reach more people. And I pray for my wife that you heal her heart, you heal her mind, heal her body. In Jesus' name, amen. And Heavenly Father, I lift up my brother Vincent. God asks that you have an encounter with him, that you begin to permeate his heart and his mind on a level that you've never touched him before. Let him have an encounter. Let him have his road to Damascus experience, God. God asks that you allow this man to have the most amazing testimony having come through this. God asks that you restore him. God, I bind up the spirit of generational curses that has been plaguing his mind and plaguing his heart. I counsel that assignment on their offspring in the name of Jesus. Uh, the spirit of abandonment must die today in the name of Jesus. Satan, you have no power. You have no authority. You don't have the victory. The victory belongs to Christ. And we thank you in advance for what's going to come out of this situation, God. God, you're a healer. Touch Prevelia's heart, heal, restore, deliver, and give her a special anointing to be able to speak to people that are going through the same situation, to be able to speak and restore women that are going through the same situation on a level that she would have never been able to speak to them had she not gone through this situation. There is no testimony without a test. She's been tested. But let her come forth as pure as gold. Lord, we thank you for your love, love on us, love on them, God. Wrap your loving arms around them and squeeze out all the pain, all the hurt, all the anguish, all the deceit, all the manipulation. Squeeze it out, God. Squeeze it out, God, and then replace it with peace and joy and love and restoration and healing. Replace it with all of you, God. Replace it with redemption. And God will be so careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the adoration. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Whew. Thank y'all so much for um, being on the podcast. Thank you for your vulnerability. Prevalia, I'm going to give you the last words. What are you feeling right now? I just want people to be um, I want people to be healed. I want people that are hurting, people that are weak, people that are lost, people that are wayward. Whatever it is, to just know that God loves you. And he's there for whatever you're going through. Yes. It's like I, I, I felt like I was losing my mind. And I was losing my mind and God just came and wrapped me in his arms. I fell out on the door like I fell out. And God just started swaying like he was dancing with me. And I tell you, God is so amazing and he is everything that you need. He's everything that you need. It's no way to make it without him. 
whatever heartache, whatever trial, whatever whatever trouble you need, Jesus. And that's why I'm here. I'm here so that people just know to look to Jesus. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever heartache. God said that that's what we were supposed to do. We're here to heal the brokenhearted. Yes. And I hope that he can use my broken heart to heal your broken heart. Yes. I hope that he can take you and just wrap you in his arms and just love on you. And those who don't have love, you never felt love from a mother. You never felt love from a father. You never felt loved in your marriage, whatever the case. Know that God loves you and his love is all you need. His love is all you need. That's amazing. Listen. Are y'all even on social media? If y'all on social media, I, I, I don't think uh, Pavelia just be snooping or whatever. She don't, she don't be really doing nothing on social media to be snooping and, and, and all this. Um, I do want to address this, which is interesting. Um, because Pavelia, you was reaching out to me a lot, and I would send prayers, and I would give you words of encouragement. But then you felt like I abandoned you when I said I can no longer continue having those conversations with you, right? Mm-hmm. Why did you feel so abandoned in that moment? Um, because I like it was like during that time. Um, it was like during that those two months. So it was February. He told me March. I was going crazy. I was, I was I was losing my mind. I couldn't see anything but twelve years wasted. Like I, that's all I could see. It was like. That's all I can focus on. And so April the 10th, you reached out to me. We uh, sent some prayers. You were... But see, that's the thing. That's why God is so amazed. That's what I was saying. Like, every step of the way, God was doing something. Yep. Because I had just spoke to God, and I was like, God, I'm so broken. My heart is just broken. I don't know what to do. Da, da, da. And he had told me, you know, uh, he had told me so much. But he told me, you know, to watch your podcast. And I was like, you know, I was calling my future wife. I ain't watching no my future wifey. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't watch it. And it was the episode with Denai on there. And she, it was, it said, guard your heart. Yeah. And when I saw that, I said, oh, you got jokes, God, you funny. Yeah, you funny. Okay, haha. And I watched it and I cried with her and I, and I just was just, I was, I was really inundated by her. And she, I remember her saying, she was like, but, you know, I was walking with God through this. It was, it was the situation she was talking about. And she said, but I walked with God through this. And I was like, and it just sent me in yeah. prophetically. <laughs> like, I was like, girl, you passed the test. Girl, you got it. <laughs> you did that. And um, I remember um, I was watching it and I was, um, and I was just kind of like going in and out because I was in that moment of crazy. And in, in your letter, you said, let me kiss your heart. And it was like God spoke directly to me and the wind of the spirit came and started to stir. And when the wind of the spirit started to stir in my heart, it was like I was it was like I could finally take a breath. I said, I breathe like I hadn't it's like I hadn't breathed like since he told me. I like I lost all my breath. Yeah. And I was able to breathe and I was like, What? Like it was it was crazy. And it was like I was I was I was I was just, it was like, I was like, God, you're so amazing. Like, I was so in love with Jesus because he used you to speak to me. Did you understand why I said I couldn't continue communicating? No. It's because when a woman is in that vulnerable space like that and 
and you're getting oxygen from somebody else that's not your husband, your husband told you didn't love you, then you could, it, it could create an emotional affair. And so I said, I want to protect you in that space so that you didn't look, because like you said, no one knew that y'all going through divorce. It's just, it's just you and him, you know? And I said, I said, I didn't want to create, start creating an unhealthy relationship between you and I by me being that, that, that confidant or, or that, that I always call it oxygen because when you're, when you're, when you're, and you just said that out your own mouth yeah. is that when you can't breathe and I've been in those situations before you can't breathe, you're suffocating. And then somebody comes and they hand you an oxygen mask. You, oh, and you're like, wow, I don't Hey, yeah. how you doing? You done provided oxygen yeah. in this moment. Next That's thing you know, you're looking at me with goo goo eyes. And then me, me and your husband looking at each other. And he like, well, I'm, I'm divorced anyway. You can have it. I'm like, hold on. This ain't what we came on here for. It'd be a whole other situation. So so, so right. I said, out of wisdom from the Holy Spirit to say, hey, listen, God got you. I can't, you know, com to continue communicating with you like that because I know in this broken stage that as healthy as it can be, it can go from healthy to unhealthy really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to let you know from a man standpoint, uh, why I did that. Um, and like I said, I understand. That's why people don't understand how affairs happen. It happens just like that. You know, uh, a spouse will leave another spouse uncovered. And then the, we have the propensity to get those needs met externally. And so it starts off very innocent. And the next thing you know, y'all having conversations and then now you're not having conversations um, um, in front of your spouse because you're over sneaking, you're sitting in the car having conversations and all right, he, I'm going to go in the house now. And it's just cool. And the next thing you know, y'all done need to meet up and the next thing you know, y'all done slip and y'all done had sex. You know, it's a, it's a gradual process. And me having gone through that in the past in my marriage, I'm very... I'm, I'm, when I say I got laser focus, I'd be like, oh, I know that's going to start. Nope, cut that off real quick. You know what I'm saying? I can see that all a mile away. And it comes from something very innocent. And um, and so I just want to make sure I still protect you and honor your husband in that and then honor my God and myself. So listen, uh, y'all, um, wow, I hope y'all found a lot of value in this episode. Well, y'all give it up for the Macintoshes. Thank you. Ladarian. Thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just two many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No. 
Not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. I am so proud of Prevelia and Vincent for being vulnerable. It's so difficult for people to be on a platform and share their story while they're yet in the midst of it. It's very, 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 very brave of them to do so. So, uh, again, make sure that we wrap around them in love and prayer and cover them. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, my heart grieves at the mention of the word divorce. People build lives and join visions together only to allow division to stamp an expiration date on their nuptials. I've experienced divorce and I promise to never give you that experience due to the mismanagement of our vows. We will withstand the test of times. My purpose is linked to you. My destiny is attached to us remaining attached. Our heartbeats are the soundtrack to our love story. I will live by Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man.
this is the standard of our covenant. I love you. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.